Hi there, and welcome to the Alpine Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Prescott, a former naval submarine officer turned software engineer and adventurer here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. I found fun, fitness, and fulfillment in the outdoors, and so can you. Whether you've never hiked a day in your life or you're a bona fide peak bagger, my guests will inspire, educate, and entertain you. So turn the volume up, drop that phone in your pocket, settle in, and let's get to it. Hey everybody, Travis here, the Alpine Geek. It has been quite a while, almost two months since I released a podcast episode, but I am here and I am back at it and apologize for the hiatus, but I needed some time to process everything that's been going on. You know, the mission of the podcast is to help people find fun, fitness and fulfillment in the outdoors. And with some 80% of the nation stuck indoors over the past couple months, that's been a real challenge. So I want to quickly talk about some of the things that contributed to that before I delve into the topic, which frankly, today's topic is related. So the first factor really was just indecisiveness. When this whole COVID shutdown thing landed, I really had to decide what to do with the podcast. And for a while, my decision was do nothing and see how things played out. Because at the beginning, I felt like returning to business as usual would be tone deaf, maybe. And the thought of turning the podcast in a COVID centric direction, just it just wouldn't work for me. <laughs> I, I know I found myself listening to podcasts and when they started talking about coronavirus, it, it just stressed me out, frankly. And I'd start deleting those episodes. Sometimes I unsubscribed from those podcasts. Because I was like, I don't want to hear about this. I already hear about this nonstop every single day. The media is saturated with stories on coronavirus. And I didn't want to hear more about that. And I didn't honestly want to contribute to that. Some people want to talk about what's what's, quote, the new normal. But frankly, I have no idea what that might be. And I don't want to fuel speculation. So I wanted to avoid talking about coronavirus. Another factor that contributed to this is my digital trip planning course that I do with the Mountaineers that recently started in the beginning of May. And it's become, as it always becomes, <laughs> this huge labor of love. On the plus side, this class has been pandemic ready for over a year. Coronavirus shut down a lot of the Mountaineers educational programming, which is what they rely on for a lot of their funding. So I originally had planned the course to have 30 students, but to help offset some of the financial impacts that the coronavirus is having on the Mountaineers, I decided to open it up and our enrollment is sitting at right around 130 students. I was a little nervous about how that might play out, but so far it seems to be working fine. And of course, as always in technology, the apps and the tools themselves are constantly changing, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. <laughs> So every time I present a lecture, it's different than the last time I presented it. And this year added a new wrinkle Now we added Google Classroom as a component of the course. And while that's added a lot of work, it's also made the class feel a little more mature and a little more like an actual course. That was really thanks to a lot of hard effort and quick turnaround on the part of staff in trying to keep people engaged during this pandemic. So I really appreciate all the staff at the Mountaineers for doing that. Then really the final and probably most significant factor in the whole hiatus, if you will, was just personal stress. I think for me in particular, the biggest stressor 
was seeing people that I respect in the outdoor community kind of going after each other on social media. Just the level of animosity expressed on Facebook and Twitter and that sort of stuff was really stressful. I, I don't know any other way to put it. And and I guess really, if that's the worst of it, that I have to deal with some negative Facebook posts, you know, that I have it pretty good health wise and financially. I have not been seriously impacted. So in that sense, I'm quite lucky. The good news here now, two months later, is, you know, I'm back. Tensions do seem to have eased somewhat, although not entirely. And it seems that people are returning to slightly more civil discourse. And even where people strongly disagree, it seems like they're able to have a rational discussion now, which is great. That doesn't mean that the only thing going on out there is rational discussion. There's plenty of craziness, but at least within the outdoor community, there's been a return to civility and that has been very positive to see. And public lands, at least here in Washington, are starting to reopen and that's eased a lot of anxiety. And now people have an outlet to take care of their physical health as well as their mental health. And so I feel cautiously optimistic about resuming the podcast in more or less a business as usual fashion. So not ignoring coronavirus, but also not focusing on it. So you'll hear in the upcoming interviews and that sort of thing, we'll touch on it occasionally. But the real goal is to avoid ever having a episode that is solely focused on it. And so all of that is the lead in for what I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about today before we return to our normal format. And I've got three episodes already recorded, ready to edit and release over the coming weeks. And I'm excited about those episodes and I'm very grateful to those guests for giving their time to do those. But I want to do the quick, hey, I'm back kind of thing, explain why I haven't released anything in a couple months and talk about mental wellness. Because I think from what I've seen and what's been reported is that that's been the most universal impact of this pandemic. The financial impacts don't hit everyone and certainly doesn't hit everyone equally. The health impacts are, are devastating, but also don't hit everyone equally. But I think I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that everyone, not just in the country, but basically the world has been psychologically impacted by the virus and the response to the virus and the future uncertainty. So this is not going to be a super long episode, but I did want to share three quick things that I've personally found helpful for myself to help quiet my anxiety and begin returning to a productive lifestyle. And just really quickly, those three things are aromatherapy, mindfulness meditation, and yoga. So getting into the first technique, which is aromatherapy. I've been a fan of aromatherapy for pretty much my entire adult life. So if you've not heard the term aromatherapy, broadly, it is the use of aroma to enhance a feeling of well-being. And I think that broad definition is what it means to me. So this is using like essential oils and that kind of stuff. But using them for their scents. So like I don't cook with essential oils or any of that kind of stuff, but using it for just scent therapy, essentially. I've long struggled with the best mechanism. I started using candles and then I switched to ceramic bowls that you have a little tea light underneath. I've tried electric simmer pots, those kind of things. 
And for various reasons, all of those were terrible. I, I hate all of those methods. And then I don't know when it was, but I don't know, maybe five years ago, I discovered the most amazing invention, which is the water vapor diffuser. And, and just wow, they are really the perfect mechanism for working with essential oils. They run a long time when the water runs out instead of ceramic pots or electric pots that continue to burn and just scale all of the oil onto the surface. These don't do that. They just turn off, which is great. They're inexpensive. They're only about $20 for a starter one. And I have yet to have one stop working. I think I've got three in my house and I don't know how many I've given out as gifts because it's a it's basically a guarantee if you ever get a gift from me, an oil diffuser will be the first one that you get, <laughs> as well as a starter pack of essential oils, because that's the other piece of this you need. And they're, they're usually inexpensive. I think they run about $10 if you want to get a inexpensive starter pack. And even though they're tiny little bottles, they do last a long time because you only add maybe five to 10 drops to the diffuser. And so what I like to do is turn it on while I'm working. I find it calming. Or sometimes I'll just turn it on when I leave the house so that way when I get back, the house smells nice. Um, and unlike, say, a candle or an electric hot plate or something like that, there's no risk of burning down your house because, I don't know, these things work on, I guess, with sound waves. I don't know really how they work, but essentially they somehow bubble water and it turns it into a vapor. If I wasn't lazy, I guess I could look it up, but... I, I prefer to just think of it as magic. <laughs> this is not really a technique that has much applicability to the mountains. Although, you know, you could do floral scents or earthy scents and maybe connect with the outdoors in that way. I like floral scents. I don't like food smells. And I don't know that some of the some companies are really food smells like they have candles that smell like food. I don't know that those are essential oils. But you, you could use food scents if you like those. But I like florals and earthy smells. Uh, tea tree oil is one I, I particularly like, as well as one that's called patchouli. The second technique I want to talk about is mindfulness or meditation. And this is something I'd actually already been practicing prior to the pandemic. And it's good that I had because I wouldn't have thought to start during. And I've been doing it at work usually but sometimes I have tried it in the mountains, particularly when I get to a summit where I'm by myself and the weather's nice and I just want to connect. So I've been working on folding mindfulness into my daily routines just to kind of help improve focus, reduce stress, and particularly during this shutdown, calm anxiety. And so what I do is I use an app for guided meditations and that lasts usually around 10 minutes a piece. The app that I use is called Calm, and there's another popular one that's similar called Headspace, both of which are available for iOS, Android, and web devices. Now, Calm has a seven-day free trial, and a yearly subscription is actually kind of pricey. It's like $70, or I don't know why they offer this, but you can also pay $400 one time and have it forever. But I really don't know why you would do that, because you'd have to be paying for that subscription six years for that to be worth it. There are very few, if any, apps I can think of that I've used consistently for six years. I think Gaia GPS is probably getting closest, but 
I got my copy when the subscription price was only $60 and they were also running a 40% off deal. So really it only cost me like $36 and I was okay paying that. That's like three bucks a month that I was okay with. But essentially the way Calm works is it is an audio based app. It does have some nice pretty animated wallpapers and things like that. But this is the kind of app you're listening to. It consists of a bunch of daily meditations that each run about 10 to 15 minutes long. And their signature feature is called the Daily Calm. And that is something that's new every day. Typically, when I was doing this at work, that's what I would do. During the pandemic, eh, not so much. Just because I haven't been as diligent on it as I would like to be. There are also some packaged meditation sequences that range from 2 to 30 sessions. But unlike the Daily Calm... These don't change. So it's kind of like a DVD or a CD or if you want to go way back in time, cassette tapes. I've done a few of these. There's a 30 day how to meditate sequence that I liked, uh, but it did take me a lot longer than 30 days to complete. And during the pandemic, I did a seven days of calming anxiety. And now I'm working through one on focus. And there's ones on gratitude and, and different kinds of things, confidence how to get better sleep, that kind of stuff. So how I might use this for some mountain meditation when I really need a mountain fix and I can't get out to one is Calm lets you choose a theme. And that theme is the is that animated wallpaper I talked about, but it's also the background sounds that play. And so there's a bunch of different soundscapes that are mountain related, like a running stream or wind through the pines. And so you can turn on one of those and then maybe put some earthy scents in the oil diffuser, open the window, let some breeze roll in. And, and in that way, especially because your eyes are shut <laughs> and you can visualize things, you can get a little bit of mountain scent there. And really what it, all that does is help you engage the senses and hopefully alleviate some stress and anxiety. Now, meditation is the main feature of the app, but it does have some other features. The first of which is called sleep. And that's basically different stories to help you fall asleep. I may have tried this out once or twice, but this is not a feature I use because I have absolutely no problem falling asleep. Nope, no problem whatsoever. It's got a music mode and these are essentially, for the most part, they're just the same ambient soundscapes that the app scenes use. The difference is if you minimize the app, it'll continue to play is if you were using a music player like Spotify or something. Then there's a feature called Calm Body, and these are basically vocally guided stretches. Um, I tried it out, and I didn't really like it, because if you get confused by the vocal directions, you're, you're kind of screwed. There's no visual to really help you out. And so in that sense, I didn't find it all that helpful. And then the last, and probably the one I've used the most, is called the Calm Masterclass. These are just, I would say, like podcast episodes, basically, about certain topics. So I did one. It was, I think, three sessions on social media and screen addiction. And it was interesting. I don't know that I would buy the app for it, but it was interesting. I think my bottom line here on this app is it is useful, particularly if you're new to meditation or you want something to help you keep track of them. But realistically, meditation consists of you sitting the in a room with your eyes closed and breathing. So you can definitely do this without the aid of any app. Even if you want to get started, if you want to get started for free, just go to YouTube 
and do a search for mindfulness meditation and you'll find a bunch of free guided meditations. Now, since it's free, don't be surprised if your Zen's interrupted with ads, but eh, it's free. And the other features in Calm, I'd say, are, are kind of nice, but they're mostly static and they're not the, the pr main selling point. It's like Amazon Prime. You don't get Amazon Prime just for Amazon Prime Video. It's kind of a nice side thing, but it's not really the main attraction. So I'd recommend giving it a try. Do the free trial. See if it's right for you. I, I can definitely tell you I wouldn't. I personally would not spend $70 for it, so I wouldn't advocate you spend $70 for it. But I would I would say try it out. Try out mindfulness, maybe try out calm, maybe try out headspace and see if that's something that would be helpful for you. The third and final technique I want to talk about is one I've talked about before on the podcast, and that's yoga. You may recall from my interview with Lori Heath in episode two that I am a big fan of yoga as a component of mountain fitness. It's nice because it's got a hand in both buckets. It's an aspect of physical wellness and it's also an aspect of mental wellness. The added flexibility and balance are certainly helpful on the trail, but the focus on breathing and body awareness is a key technique in mindfulness meditation. The app that I use for yoga, because I'm the Alpine geek, I gotta use an app for everything, right? <laughs> is, uh, it's called Down Dog and it's available for iOS, Android, and the web although I almost exclusively use the web version. Now, normally when you sign up, what it lets you do is it'll, it'll let you do any three workouts that you want for free, and then it'll ask you for a credit card. The yearly subscription as of the time of this recording here in May of 2020 is $36 a year, and I think that is absolutely 100% worth it. That was $36 a year without having to be 40% off and, and so forth. So it's already cheaper than Calm. Now, as I mentioned to Lori, I got into yoga through P90X. Uh, but the thing that finally made me go somewhere else is the same problem you're going to have with any DVD or pre-recorded workout. And that's that it's always the same. The P90X yoga was a pretty nice routine. It was definitely challenging and probably did all of the, eh, not necessarily advanced, but at least intermediate poses. But it certainly wasn't perfect. They had this obnoxious habit of spending more time on one side than the other, which means every time you would play that DVD, you'd have the same imbalance. So you'd favor the left side because it's just pre-recorded. So you have to either mentally switch like, OK, today I'm going to do the opposite of what they did. But honestly, even if everything was balanced perfectly between the left and right sides, it was always the same exact sequence of moves and the same terrible jokes from Tony Horton. So it got really boring. And in that sense, Down Dog is really amazing because every session is a new sequence of moves and each session is a amazingly customizable. Now, when I say each session is a new sequence of moves, it's generally from the same or similar pool of moves. Sometimes they throw a curveball in there, but there's a lot of very foundational poses that you'll do over and over. But the way that they're sequenced together is different. So it's never the exact same session. The first thing you can choose when you want to start a session is what style of yoga you want to practice. There's, I don't know, maybe 10, 10 or so. There's a lot. I like the quick flow personally because it keeps me busy from beginning to end. But I've also tried out yin yoga and restorative every now and then. It's a recovery workout. 
there's a lot of different options you have to choose from. You can also choose from five different difficulty levels. There's a beginner one and two, an intermediate one and two, and then an advanced. And I am sitting pretty right now at intermediate two. It's definitely challenging, but I found when I tried to do advanced, it was how to describe it. It was kind of like doing a break dance and then freezing your body mid break dance. Like, I don't know, some of those poses. I'm like, no way. Then you can actually choose a boost for a particular workout, which is a way of saying, hey, put a little extra focus on on core or on flexibility or standing poses on quads or shoulders, that kind of stuff. And, and it's totally fine to have no boost, in which case you'll just get uh, an all round workout. But if there is something you want to put a little extra emphasis on, you can do that. Finally, you set how long you want your session to last, whether that's nine minutes or 90 minutes or anywhere in between, <laughs> and then you get started. The app will generate a unique sequence of moves that is perfectly balanced between the left and right sides, and it finishes exactly on time, which is pretty awesome. The woman who is the video model for all the poses is really good. I'm impressed that they're able to stitch those together into essentially a seamless fashion. But I think what I'm more impressed by is the fact that the vocal cues are so spot on that I rarely have to actually look at the screen and crane my head to see what's going on in the video. The only time I really have to do that is if there is some new off the wall pose. But generally, you can actually do almost all the routines just by listening. You know, it's such an impressive app. I think it's an absolute steal at $36 a year. And there is a Facebook group for the downward dog or the down dog community that is pretty active. I don't know if you actually have to be a paying member to be a part of it, but it could be a good way to to get some motivation and that sort of thing. But just as with the mindfulness meditation, there are plenty of free yoga videos out there on YouTube that you could try out. And all you need is an inexpensive yoga mat. So just go online to YouTube or whatever you prefer and do a search for yoga for hikers or yoga for climbers to see some good sequences. There's a couple channels that routinely put out routines that are useful for hikers and climbers. But just as with the P90X, the problem is those routines aren't going to change because they are pre-recorded. So it can get boring if you just do the same thing over and over. But it's free and something different. And if you want to just try it out, it could be a good way to try it out. So there you go. Three techniques you can use to help improve your mental state, whether there's a pandemic or not. Aromatherapy, mindfulness meditation, and yoga. So go ahead and check out the show notes for more information. I hope all of you are doing well and staying safe. I look forward to releasing new episodes on a much more regular cadence again. And truly, I, I do hope to see you on the trails. You've been listening to the Alpine Geek Podcast with Travis Prescott. Be sure to check us out at www.thealpinegeek.com. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening. Thank you.